Welcome to the Sports Grade Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. And joining me, as always, is the husky voice, Ruben Williams. How are you, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm cooked, thank you. <laughs> I've been <laughs> on the road for about three weeks with the T20 World Cup, and then uh, we had our meetups in Sydney and Melbourne after that, and talking non-stop for hours on end just meant that by the end of the Friday night in Melbourne, I was I was whispering. So yes. I'm ready to... I've got about four days to recover, and then I'm off to Qatar to go cheer for the Socceroos so pray for my voice (laughs) worried for your your windpipes because I think you know if you don't have a voice now you're about to go to the World Cup which requires a lot of voice yes I think your voice might say the same for the next three weeks yes good luck with that it may not change from this point on I'm going to six games so it'll be a fair bit of chanting (laughs) there's a big few ways coming up um Keen to jump into the T20 World Cup stuff, which is what this episode is all about. So we'll, we'll kick it off. I'm Ryan Walker. He's Ruben Williams, as I mentioned. We are two mates who met at Cricket Australia. Now we help people find their own dream job through this very podcast and our online community. If you want to follow us, head over to LinkedIn or even better, if you want to connect with us and hundreds, I think it's over 400 now, members working in sport, become a member of the Sports Grade community today. And speaking of our sports grade community, a special shout out to one of our members. His name is Sam Hickson. He's just been promoted to event manager at Football Australia. So well done to you, Sam. Sam's only three years out of university. He's got that promotion. And uh, he's one of the first in our community to start to take that next step up in his career so well done to you sam and i can't wait to see you over in qatar sam you might remember it was on one of our podcasts way back when soccer is qualified for the world cup we got his reactions straight away on what it was like to work on the ground and now he uh, his career keeps rolling on so if you are like Sam and you want to get your foot in the door of the sports industry and then level up once you're inside, become a SportsGrad member. Head to www.sportsgrad.com.au forward slash community to join. Fantastic. Saw Sam at the Melbourne meetup the other night. He's going well. He's hitting that manager type zone, which, mm. is, which is massive. Um, before we commence, a little message from our good friends at Deakin University who have been our number one fan, number one supporter since day one. So if you're currently studying or you've just finished studying, having a postgrad qualification on your resume can give you a massive leg up over all the other potential candidates applying for the same role. So if you want to pump up your resume and get specialised knowledge in sports behaviour, marketing, finance, strategy, you name it, pretty much everything in sport, take a look at Deakin's postgrad qualifications. Their Master of Business in Sports Management is not one of, but the best one in Australia, ranked at number one. So add a postgrad to your resume, and that's our tip for today. Now, this is going to feel a bit weird because we know both of our guests are very well, mm. Ryan. We've got Harrison and Jack in today. Uh, we're used to just chatting very casually off the cuff for these guys so it'll be nice to have a bit more interview style format with you guys to to see what you've been up to but jack lloyd a bit about you you are the t20 world cup digital marketing coordinator you're about three years out of uni now you had some excellent early experience at the box hill hawks and t20 
TLA Worldwide in a PR role. You then even joined sports grade in a content role for a while uh, before going on to get your first job at Rugby Victoria and leveraging that into the, the ICC 20 World Cup. Welcome back, mate. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Thanks very much for having me. Um, some lengthy celebrations last night, but somehow still sounded a bit better than Ruben. <laughs> How's that happened? <laughs> you sound silky smooth and Ruse is still cooked. Yeah, not sure. So, some can hack it, some can't. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think so. No, great, great to be here. And yeah, look forward to reflecting on, on the World Cup with you today. Yeah, Jack, you're clearly just built different, I think. <laughs> Now, uh, next to you, we've got Harrison Orchard, who is the T20 World Cup marketing lead. Uh, Harrison, you're a bit further down the track with your career. Nine years out of university, formerly worked in marketing at Kookaburra, Suncorp and News Corp. Uh, Plus, you've had extensive radio experience, which uh, our our listeners are about to find out exactly why when they hear your voice. Welcome. Uh, Thanks, guys. Thanks thanks for having me. Yeah, it's... It's good to uh, good to jump on the mic with you today. It's good to be a um, long time listener, first time caller. So, <laughs> so good to be in the booth. I can definitely see why you've worked in radio. <laughs> Lovely <laughs> voice. Now I heard that you also still do a little bit of voiceover work. I do, yeah. So um, it, it was it was a bit of a funny intro um, years ago um, when I. I had my first uh, marketing role. I was working at Suncorp in financial services, so not quite as glamorous or shiny as <laughs> the sport industry. But um, I was working with a creative uh, agency at the time, and um, and one of the creative leads um, thought I had a good voice and, and would write me scripts. And we'd just say, hey, go home, practice these. Um, I bought a uh, cheap Tascam uh, recorder and uh, just whipped together a demo, and that was enough to wow. get me a bit of voiceover work. So. I must say that... The voice is nice, isn't it? It is. It I, is. I listen to my voice and I just can't stand it. It's well and truly making up for, for yeah, mine. Could listen to hate all day. I think one of Harrison's primary roles in the team is to, to be the voiceover reader of our radio scripts before they go to market. <laughs> It, you know when Harrison can read it well, it's it's gonna it's gonna succeed. Yeah, so it's gonna sell, isn't it? it is. We do our best. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, guys, we've got you in because the uh, the T Twenty World Cup has just finished yesterday. There was an incredible final, eighty thousand people at the MCG. England got over the top of Pakistan. You guys have had a big night celebrating what's really been five years for the entire organization to get to this point in time uh you guys have come in in the last 12 months um but during the tournament you guys have stepped out a bit of your your marketing roles into some tournament time roles uh equally ryan and i have also been involved in various capacities too so we're keen to give the people at home a bit of an overview of of what each person's been up to, what type of roles go on during the tournament and shed light on, on um, what these tournament jobs absolutely look uh, actually look like. So, Jack, we might start with you. You've been the, uh, the digital marketing coordinator during the year, but tell us what you got up to whilst the tournament was actually going on. For sure, yeah. So, um, obviously, you know, pretty... Um, in, the, in the marketing team for the, for the lead up to the tournament and then um, yeah once the tournament, tournament came around we, we were really lucky enough to sort of um, get in the space, space of sports presentation um, and sports presentation leads um, for in tournaments so we had, we had a lot of fun fun with those roles it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great role to really get involved um, on the field of play um, and have sort of a great impact on, on the delivery of the match it's really about sort of heightening that fan experience and, and bringing the match to life in stadium so 
Um, yeah, in, in that role, we're obviously working with, with a range of stakeholders, um, Kojo in particular, an incredible organisation, really sort of at the forefront of sports presentation in Australia. Um, you're working with the ICC, you're working with broadcast, um, as well as cricket ops, um, to name a few, and, and you're really sort of delivering that, that, um, that anthem ceremony um, pre-match. Um, so you're working with uh, flag bearers, you know, anthem kids, trophy bearers, trophy hand- handlers, just to make sure that, that that pre-match ceremony runs smoothly, runs to the second. Um, um, and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun being involved um, out in the field of play. So sports presentation lead, that was sort of my role um, throughout the tournament uh, on match days. Got a bit of a taste um, of, of Tassie, taste of Adelaide, taste of the MCG. And I think um, being involved in, on, on the, the final yesterday, um, being out there um, was yeah, just incredible atmosphere and unbelievable feeling. So what was your role on the MCG yesterday? Were you holding the Anthem kids' hands, leading them out? <laughs> or were, you, were you holding the flags? Were you directing traffic? What were, what were you doing? Yeah, a bit of all that. Holding some grown man's hands. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, nah, so, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, unbelievable atmosphere out there. We, the, the whole ceremony was sort of built on, on bringing generations and cultures together. We had sort of Ice House plants and absolute anthems um and we had um a real sort of ceremony with with all 16 international teams flags coming out onto the ground so um our role was was flag lead so we're sort of coordinating the movements of those flags and happened to be um holding a piece of the india flag running out um onto onto the field of play which was unbelievable just going out through the race and just seeing that sea of green just covering the mcg of all, all the pakistan supporters um yeah it was pretty Pretty unbelievable experience to be out there on the field of play. Did, did you go to all grounds or those, just those ones you mentioned? Yeah, just the ones you mentioned. Um, we still obviously had to juggle our, our marketing duties throughout the tournament, but um, our team was really keen on us to, to experience the World Cup um, interstate um, and get a, get a taste of it. So, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to go down to, to Tassie, Adelaide and, and Melbourne. Mm. And I bumped into you at the captain's media day right at the start of the tournament. Was that in a different sort of role or was that related to your marketing duties? What were you, what were you up to there? Uh, yeah, a little bit little bit of all the above, just sort of, sort of helping out with, with some of the content and, and media duties for the day. Um, sort of one of my roles for the day that I didn't really expect was, was driving the West Indies captain to the airport post-function. <laughs> Um, I think some of our transport fell through at the conclusion of the the captain's day, so it was sort of up to up to us to to jump into the Nissan X trails and and drive the captains to the airport so they didn't miss their flight for uh, the you know, the matches kicking off the next day. So um, you know, in c- come tournament time, you just got to be prepared to put your hand up and and do whatever's required and you get some incredible experiences along the way. Is, is there a fair bit of that where like just random stuff happens and because you guys are on the books with the organisation, they just ask you to do anything and everything? Oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, one of our key roles with sports presentation leaders to look after to trophy movements and, um, you know, one of the days my role is to, to get the trophy professionally um, polished and professionally cleaned. So, <laughs> um, took that down uh, to, to Rundle Mall in, in Adelaide um, to to one of, uh, yeah, one of the, the polishes that we'd organised and, um, you know, we were sort of waiting around, waiting for that, obviously keeping a close eye on the trophy, waiting for that to be clean. And I see to my right just a, a group of about 20 people have started to line up to ask for photos with the trophy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 
yeah, you've just got to be super prepared to, to do everything, but it is, um, it's quite special to be working on, on an event like that where it just means so much to, to so many people globally. Imagine you just see people lining up, take photos with Jack Lloyd and the, and the trophy well, with the fan. Uh, they're, they're, they're all on Twitter, haven't yeah. you seen? Yeah. Jack Lloyd hasn't completed the story yet. Yeah, you guys were riding on the fan, the trophy there for a while. <laughs> so were you just literally just walking around with a trophy just like in your hand? No, we had it, we had it locked. Locked in a, in a case, um, but I think people could sort of work out pretty quickly what was what was in that case when we were sort of all, all kitted up in our ICC mm. kits. There's, there's not an awful lot of. Uh, we'll bring you subtlety. in, Hodge. Yeah, <laughs> there's not that much subtlety um, in the case when you're when you're walking around with something that looks like um, uh, yeah, like it looks like a lockbox. Mm. Yeah, um, something's valuable in there. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it's clear. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You just kind of. Kind of go with it, and uh, mm. it's almost an opportunity to uh, to instill a bit of that excitement in the fans. Mm. So even if someone is a bit of a casual cricket fan, and you see them taking a look, and you know, if you engage with them, say good day, and um, yeah, particularly if the trophy is getting pulled out of the box that day, it's an opportunity to help instill a bit more. Of that it's one of the uh, the World Cup LEC one percenters. <laughs> we we we're not sending out mass emails. It's just on the street when you happen to have the trophy, engage one more fan. <laughs> one percenters, yeah. yeah. And, and I think uh, yeah, I mean to Jack's point, um, there were so many just kind of small jobs that you could do all the planning in the world. And, um, you know, there's been particular stuff that have just been focused on planning out every single minute of this World Cup event. Um, but there's always just small little tasks that pop up on the day that mm. no one could have foreseen. Mm. Um, so you're always kind of just got to be on call, ready to jump in and mm. grab the X-Trail or <laughs> trophy whenever it comes up. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've had an incredible tournament, Jack. Uh, Ryan, I might get your uh, take on the World Cup. You were acquired over in Perth as an HCLO, which is one of the many ICC acronyms. Uh, I'll get you to explain what that stands for uh, and also sh- tell us a bit about what it was like. And you almost didn't make it to Perth to begin mm. with. So how was your tournament? Yeah, I, I almost didn't make it there. I, For those close to me, um, they would know that I hadn't had COVID yet. So I was thinking my immune system was just off the charts and I was just an absolute <laughs> specimen. But it was Saturday and I was about to fly out on the Monday and I tested positive for COVID. So it's probably not ideal having someone with COVID inside a, a team hotel with, with players. So unfortunately, I was, I was a week late, which sucked. Uh, but it just meant I had to make the most of it. Um, for that week but um, so HCLO basically stands for host city liaison officer Um, so basically our job is to essentially make sure all the teams that are in that city they're comfortable they can get to training they've got all the kit they need their hotel is all correct they can do all the things that they need so that all they have to worry about is go and play cricket the best they possibly can so um, it was an awesome experience like I think I was saying to you, Rubes, like it was just crazy doing work that wasn't behind the laptop. Like literally for the week, we, we essentially worked off like a team WhatsApp. And like he said, you just had to be ready to jump in whenever you needed to do something. So, you know, we used to do things like take kit to training, pick it up, pick up players if they need to, organise like airport luggage transfers, like literally anything there was like requests from hotel staff getting them involved to to do a lot of things but um you know one thing really sticks my mind and that is the luggage needs of the indian cricket team 
Oh, God, don't remind me. And uh, I guess, like, our job there is to, you know, like I said, like get them comfortable in that city and make sure that they're, they're ready to go. And part of that is grabbing their 220 pieces of luggage from the airport, taking them to the hotel. Taking can I, can I just say, like, the goal of every every bit of logistic is so that 11 people can represent a country on a cricket field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in my and view, this is the shortest format of the game. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. shortest format of the game. Yeah. And for 11 people to take the field, they need 220 bags. Yes. South Africa needed 80-odd. Yeah. UAE required 40-odd. So yeah. just a bit of context as to uh, what we're dealing with. Like they had 100-odd more than any other team. Uh, and I guess, you know, we drafted in Rubes halfway through, which is fantastic. So we had an extra pair of hands. But there was four of us there. We had to, you know, got a couple of extra spare hands, spare hands, sorry, from the World Cup staff as well. Um, but that process was literally like wake up real early, get to the airport, get her back to the hotel, but then deliver each of those bags to their individual rooms in Crown, Perth. And that was a mammoth job. Uh but I must say, like, once you did it, you were like, wow, like that was pretty cool. Like we, we managed to pull it off. Um, but yeah, I'm, I reckon I lost like two kilos and put on some, some guns as well. So that's always a positive, I reckon. I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good I'm feeling pretty good about myself at the moment. Any, um, uh, any surprising items in there? Uh, <laughs> I can't say I opened the bag, but I, I did take Virat Kohli's bag to his door, which was crazy it's pretty mm. cool to know that i've held his bag um but you know i look i look across it's like in our hotel we had like australia india pakistan you know these are like the best teams in the world um and you're just you know you're kind of fanboying a little bit because you're just walking around and they're there like there was a time when you know i was probably here to the camera away from virat eating brekkie you're just like, this is completely normal and I just have to <laughs> eat my scrambled eggs <laughs> and that's all fine. Um, but, yeah, what I will say, it was just awesome work, just being on your feet and knowing that you're playing a part in this tournament that, like, if, if you didn't show up one day, then there'd be major problems, you know. Like, you were helping these guys just keep their mind on the cricket, which I guess is the main thing that we had to do. So, um, ultra-fulfilling. Like, I loved it in the end, like, Maybe we should do lots of tournaments. <laughs> I'm not sure they have a much kit bag as the cricketers do, though. So, uh, yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. Well, I, I tried to make it a bit of fun by timing how quickly we could pack a truck or unpack a truck <laughs> yeah. when I arrived over there. But then I quickly realised that these guys have been doing it for a, a week and a half longer than I am, and they're pretty happy to just do it as they needed. <laughs> I kind of like the sense of urgency, though. It was good. Sometimes you're like, great, we did that 20 seconds mm. last time. But... um. Oh, well, you guys think someone moving out. Yeah. Do you remember how you got caught up for that role? I met uh, one year Lee Southern through just the ICC and I'd I'd met him before and then we were at the Brisbane Sports Grab meetup and he was telling me how he needs someone in Perth. I needed no Perth, I guess, just be familiar with the place. And I said, well, I know Perth pretty well. (laughs) Rubes is going to be a TLO, so why don't we do it together? Uh, Mm. So, yeah. Lee, the great man. Mm. But I think, yeah, that's just come from 
relationships, right? You yeah. Just know people in the industry and there's a need and you go to someone, mm. I guess, you know. Well, ev- even prior to that, we had that um, Sports Grade Members Job Fair where Lee came on, talked about all the different tournament time jobs. I think we had a bunch mm. of members uh, do that HCLO role right around the country. Yeah. And then um, I remember chatting with you being like, oh, I'm going to be in tournament. You should think about it yeah, too. And then know. good that Lee came on to the meetup to make it happen. I didn't even think to do it. It didn't mm. cross my mind. But mm. uh, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I might throw to H um, because when we were in Perth, obviously saw you there. I remember seeing one of your LinkedIn posts come through and it was basically a photo of you, laptop on the knees, backdrop. Sorry, I'm not close to the mic. Backdrop being Optus Stadium at like an India match and it was just full. And I, I just thought that is a that's a really cool post, but also it just shows like how cool your job was. But keen to understand sort of what did your tournament jobs include? Was it marketing or what else filtered through as well? Yeah, well, um, it was yeah, it was interesting and funny. Bring up that post. I uh, called upon the, uh, the skills of I won William Williams. <laughs> yes. I remember <laughs> sitting in the room uh, with him in Perth and just being like, mate. You know how to write a link. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this? <laughs> we, we discussed the mechanics of how many emojis are too many. Yes. We, we didn't pop them through the post. But, uh, serious. A likes, Ruben. So, uh, yeah. yeah um, it's serious stuff, the emoji ratio. Uh, it is, it's it important. Is, yeah. Ruben with the assist. On <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Ryan, it was, uh, it was, it was really interesting because um, a real, real mixed bag of, of duties um, during the event time. Um, and as we've sort of alluded to today, that you kind of always got to be um, on standby to mm. do what is, you know, what is required. But also during the event, we're still selling tickets, we're still trying to promote the matches, we're still trying to fill the stands, get people going there, bring money for the till. Um, so, you know, as people working in the digital marketing space, we'd still have to execute our normal daily marketing functions. So, um, yeah, lots of just making sure our paid activity was running, working with our, um, our fantastic kind of media and creative agencies in Melbourne who were making sure um, all the ads are still running and driving the clicks and the ticket sale conversions. Yeah. Um, and then also just sending out EDMs. Um, I should have crunched the numbers today uh, to figure out how many EDMs Jack and I sent through <laughs> the event time. Easily, yeah. yeah. So um, that's, that's, that's a lot of comms, yeah. both writing and, and reading, proofing, making yeah, sure yeah. all the buttons are going to the right place. And... and s- I don't believe any went uh, to the wrong people. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> Not that we know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, a few kind of stories coming out there. But um, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was fascinating. And then, uh, of course, uh, I was working the sports presentation uh, lead role, just as Jack was, um, over in, um, yeah, in your fair city of Perth. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so doing everything that we had to do to make sure that the anthem flag ceremonies were, were running correctly and yeah. make sure all, you know, all kids and everyone involved with those presentations were happy and yeah I didn't have to polish the trophy but uh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny um, kind of carrying that one around yeah. I um, actually one quick aside I um, um, yeah the, I mean the first time that I cracked open the trophy case and it's um, we, we kind of compare it to, uh, you know, that scene in Pulp Fiction where they open the briefcase and you see yes. the yellow glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like the first time when you open the trophy case. And, <laughs> and, and seeing it in there, you're like, oh, my God, here it is, the trophy. And I saw something down, like, just kind of sticking out the side of it. 
I pull it up and it's just an ASICs tag. So it doesn't matter what you're doing in cricket. Wow. ASICs always finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the official manufacturer of the trophy. <laughs> yeah, so nice. Good on you. And um, just on the, the ads that you kept running, because sometimes you'd be trying to get ready to run ads for a match that you don't know the teams of the two people playing. So what is the, like the, what's the turnaround of new creative, new set of ads, new audience potentially um, when you're waiting for, you know, two teams in the semifinal to be decided, for example? Really, yeah, really good question, Ruben. And um, yeah, it was something that required a lot of, a lot of planning. So there were, there were kind of two ways that we managed it. Um, and one was our wonderful graphic designers worked into the wee hours. Um, you know, uh, post the, um, the the opening round matches when we knew who was going to qualify for the Super 12, um, the guys jumped on late at night and were updating all of our assets just to make sure that um, you know, Ireland, Netherlands, Zimbabwe, mm. and Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> were, were featured in the ads. Um, but yeah, when, when it got later into the event, what we did is, um, is we just created ads with every possible combination of players. And so we had all the ad- assets there a few days out and then on the day we just had to make sure we were using the right ones and send those ones away. Right. So had a few different kind of contingency. Yeah. Plans. I think I'm pretty sure I, I wasn't, this might sound weird, but I think I, I saw you cutting up like an EDM like on the night. In Perth, you were, you I wasn't were. just sitting behind your screen watching what you were doing, H. But <laughs> I remember, and you know, you were talking to someone about it, and I was like, people might not understand that, you know, the marketing and all that activity has to happen whilst the games are happening. Like, it doesn't just stop at the, the start of the tournament. So it's like you're in Perth Stadium in a box, essentially working like around the clock whilst the game's happening. Like, it's a crazy mix, you know. You yeah. don't just sit back and watch the game and work after it. You know, yeah, you, well, you're going through it. That, that's it, yeah. And because um, uh, a big part of it is is extending that match day experience. So person comes to the match, has a ripper of a day out. Um, so you, you want to make sure that you kind of close the loop with them, send them an email afterwards saying, hey, thanks for coming out. We'd love to know what you think about the match. You know, here's some great content highlights. And, you know, a few, a few kind of things there just to kind of complete the experience. Because if you go to an event and then it's just sort of nothing, it, it almost mm. feels like something's missing there. So it's all about that customer relationship <coughs> management. It's yeah. your fuzzy business. To <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ryan, it's um, just to get the comms ready to send out the next morning and yeah. jump straight onto it. Um, for, particularly with uh, West Coast and East Coast time zone differences. Mm. Um yeah, a lot of it was making sure, uh, setting things up in Perth so that, you know, in a few hours' time on the East Coast when people were waking up, I had an email sitting in their inbox saying, thanks for coming along. Yeah. Have you had a great night? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, marketing never really slowed. We <laughs> <laughs> so, love it. It was, it, it was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, um, I mean, I think, I think it is sort of pretty special here today knowing that all four of us were involved in the event. Um, and you know, particularly Ruben um, helping out with the with the mighty uh, UAE Falcons. Yeah. The Falcons. I, yeah. I, I don't know if they identify as the the Falcons, but I saw their logo, and it's definitely a falcon on there. Uh, yeah. So I've been calling them the Falcons. <laughs> we need to get the bottom of this. 
Yeah. It's the power guns. Well, I've, I've literally just booked a, a trip to Dubai to go and see them prior to going to the World Cup in, in Qatar. So next weekend I'll be, I'll be catching up with them. They're currently in Nepal playing an ODI series over there. I thought it was very risky of them scheduling an ODI series right when the uh, the final of the T20 World Cup was happening because who knows, they could have made it yeah. all the way to the final. But What's going on there? I don't know. Come on, guys. Get yourself a Yeah, I know. Seriously. Um, but, yeah, so I, I was a team liaison officer for the UAE Falcons and uh, my role there was to make the tournament as – enjoyable as possible for the team um, and easy as possible in the sense of all the logistics happening on time. Uh, equally as easy as possible for the local organising committee too because you've got things that the LOC want the team to do and you've got things that you know the team want to do as well and there's information that's got to go both ways. So it was up to me to be able to communicate that. For example, you know, if UAE wanted to cancel training, then I've got to let the appropriate people at the LOC know that training is not happening because that has a flow on effect to what goes on inside the training venue. Caterers need to be stopped. People can be told to go home early um, or, you know, vice versa. If, if, um, uh, if the LOC is saying to us, you know, on a game day, we don't want you at the match until 90 minutes prior to the match, then I've got to relay that, relay that information to the team manager who lets, everything else no um hotel check-ins are another big one just making sure that you know you're the first person there getting to the hotel getting all the keys making sure you know where everything is so that when you know a squad of in uae's case 24 people arrive and they've got all their questions of where's the team room where's my room where are the bathroom where's this where's that you've got all the answers ready to go so that they can just you know get back to enjoying themselves um so that's kind of the, the crux of the role. Uh, the parts that I didn't expect probably came around training times because for me, like I'm a 28-year-old male who loves cricket and has played cricket for 16-odd years. And for me, it was like walking into another cricket team. So I slotted straight in quite easily. These are guys who I got on well with, very, very well with. And uh, when we're hanging around training – you know, you, you just walk past people and you, you have a bit of a chat with them, ask them how they're going, see what they're working on. And I went up to the captain one day and asked him, hey, CP, do you bowl? And at this point, I'd only ever seen CP Rizwan pick up a bat. So I thought, oh, what is bowling's like? And he goes, yes, yes, I can bowl. Do you want to see me bowl? And I was like, okay. And he goes, there's my bat, there's my pads, jump, jump down the other end and I'm going to bowl to you. And I was like, oh my God. My first thought was, I haven't batted in the nets for like nine months. I'm going to be terrible here. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, the captain of the UAE has challenged me to the net. Like, you don't say no to that. And so I started padding up and he goes, all right, Ruben, I want to have a little bit of a wager with you. If I get you out, you've got to buy me Nando's. But if you hit me for six, then I'll buy you Nando's. And I'm like, okay, I can only see this going one way, but sure. <laughs> so they agreed to the challenge and stepped down the other end of the nets, the junction oval. And uh, he bowls leg spin. So he comes in to bowl his first ball, lands perfectly in front of me, draws me forward, and then spins like a metre past the outside the edge of my bat. And I was like, okay, this guy's very handy, <laughs> as you'd expect from a bloody international player. <laughs> 
And um, so I thought, okay, look, let's just try and get the most out of this. Don't shy away here. Actually go for it. Swing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was my thought. So he bowls the next one, drifts in. I come down the wicket to try and hit him straight back over his head. Big swing and a miss, out stumped. And he's hands in the air going, hey, Ruben, that's Nando's. You owe me Nando's. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> anyway, he bowled about two or three overs to me. And in the course of that time, he got me at about, 11 times I reckon and every single time like I'd sky one up in the air and he goes hey Ruben that's a large chips or I'd edge one to keep he goes hey it's a large drink or he bowled me with a wrong one at one point he goes hey, Ruben there's no more chicken in Nando's because I've got you out so many times <laughs> so um yeah had a, had an incredible experience just facing the UAE captain who I later found out is the like second leading wicket taker in the domestic comp so he can bowl yeah, he was just go. just yeah, keeping it to himself, and yeah. I picked on the wrong person to, to challenge. Bowls himself. Did he? Mm. Yeah. Did he no, he didn't. He didn't. So they've got another leg spin bowler, Kartik Mayapan, who actually took a hat trick. He was on fire. Yes, and being on the bench when an international hat trick is going on was an incredible experience in itself. So on game days, um, we would go down to the dugout and sit with coaches, team management, assistants, all that, um, extra players, and you'd just be part of the team. So when it was when we we're batting, it was quite cool because the entire squad's there watching the team bat. And I can tell you it's no different to, you know, what you guys would have experienced playing cricket on a Saturday and, and the chat that goes on. It's a, it's a bit more serious, but, like, you know, the conversation turns pretty quickly to just random things. Um but to to be amongst that when a bloke has taken an international hat trick, I think it's only the fifth in T Twenty World Cup history, was was um, was pretty special. Yeah, mm. I, I remember watching it that night, and um, I, th I think that was probably one of the moments for me when I realised actually you are a uh, bit of a force to be reckoned with. Mm. Yeah. And he's um, young, young too. Yeah, he's he's only twenty two years old. Um, but yeah, when one bloke is taking a hat trick, that means there's not really a spot for a second leg spinner mm. in the side. <laughs> yeah. I think my favourite moment from that match was was it the 11th batter to come in and, and smoked a 106 metre six out of out of Kidinia Park and and goes to celebrate with the the double cobra. Yeah. Yes. Even though the team is about to lose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The team was nine for 65 at this point and Junaid Siddiqui comes out and hits the biggest six of the tournament and, uh, turns around like he, he's put his hand up to his head to watch it sail over the roof of Cadena oh, Park yeah. then turns to the bench and starts to flex his yeah. muscle and I thought this is this is great next ball loss <laughs> yeah so team lost by 70 odd runs well, that game but you gotta take the small wins when they come yeah yeah 100% exactly so um no nah, was, was very was very fortunate to be able to be paired with that team I think um it could have been the experience would have been different with with every other team, but I felt very lucky to get the UAE team. They were incredibly excited to be the first of a World Cup. They're incredibly down to earth because they're an associate nation. They're not used to getting any sort of help whatsoever. So for them to kind of welcome me into the team and make me feel a part of it was it was uh, was very special. And at the end of it, they didn't have to, but they gave me a signed shirt, which um, I'll keep for a long, long time. I think you were. Um uh, yeah, I think you were pretty fortunate in the sense that the team that you were paired with, um, yeah, was an, an associate nation, so you can 
connected with them a bit more. And mm. It's probably a really memorable experience for them, you know, as much as it was yourself. Mm. I couldn't imagine uh, it being a very different and probably kind of troubling role in a way, being paired with um, you know, one of the big cricket powerhouses in a way. Mm. Uh, the amount, the amount of, kind of pressure and weight yeah. on the shoulders there. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, like they're all like they're all super friendly. Like, so when I told them I'm going to a, a wedding in India in January, they're like, "Oh, you, your wedding's in Kerala. I'm from Kerala. I'll be there. Well, let's catch up. Awesome. Or you're coming to Qatar for the World Cup. Make sure you stop by Dubai. We'd love to host you. Uh, and so that's happening in a few days. <laughs> you got eleven new mates. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, nah, had a, had a phenomenal time. Nice. Um. Awesome! Awesome to hear about all those roles. Your match day prez, sorry, sports prez roles sound bloody awesome. So, congrats on that. Um, I want to touch on meetups because you guys were obviously at Melbourne, um, but yes. Yeah, so Melbourne was Friday, but before that, we were in Sydney. Um, we're at the Commons on George Street in the CBD, which is unreal. We had about sixty to seventy there, which was fantastic. We had a panel. We had. James Gellert from the UFC. We had James Ellender from Active Exchange and Claire Stewart Hunter from Gemba. Um, and it was just an awesome panel discussion. I think some of the questions, they were like, wow, I don't know how to answer that. Like they were stumped, which was fantastic because you could see these guys sort of try and answer things on, on the fly from these industry professionals who have so much experience. So um, that was good. We had people from the FIFA Women's World Cup. We had people from Crete, New South Wales, Gemba. Uh, Parramatta Eels, fantastic. Get some NRL uh, in there. Um, so Sydney was fantastic. And then obviously Friday um, over at Centerpiece in Melbourne Park, um, I think we hit 150, which was incredible. Um, great to have that support. And the venue was just fantastic. So big thanks to MOPT for doing that. Not to mention Dua Lipa next door as well. Well, I was going to say, you know, we're battling with Dua Lipa. I reckon we did all right. Um, you know, sports grab meetup, Dua Lipa. I'm not sure um, what you guys are choosing. I know I'd be at a meetup, but that's just me. <laughs> um, but again, had a great panel. We had Aaron Cross, who's the COO of Champion Data. Uh, Taryn Evans, who's the head of people experience at Melbourne Olympic Park. And then uh, Bennett Merriman, CEO of Rostify as well. Um, and I honestly reckon you could name about... 50 organisations that were there, AFL, Cricket Australia, the ICC Men's T20 World Cup, uh, Collingwood. Richmond Footy Club. Richmond, like, you, you know, you just go Football on Football Australia. So mm. It was un, unreal. But, um, yeah, How, did you guys enjoy it? Obviously, saw yeah. you guys there. That was, that was an awesome night. And, um, yeah, I mean, credit to yourselves for, you know, running these, these awesome events. But, um, uh, um I mean, speaking from the perspective of you know someone in the industry, someone with you know, kind of years of experience going along to just enjoy the panel discussions, um, you know, I got I got so much out of it, and a great way to kind of network, meet others in the industry, and sort of hear and share tales from across different codes. You know, I uh, mm. um, spoke to a few people, um, uh, you know, from, from the FIFA Women's, and, um, yeah, some of the people from Footy. And um, yeah, just kind of hearing these stories that sort of mirror our own experiences in a way, but um, you know, from different sports, and you hear those all those kind of different nuances that come out when you're working with various different governing bodies. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, and um, yeah, so I'm 
Yeah, absolute pearls of wisdom from uh, from the panel discussion too. So, yeah, you picked yeah, three. <laughs> three awesome. Take the mics. Yeah. Uh, that, that's great to hear because I know like <clears throat> one of the reasons why we created meetups for you know young professionals was because when Ryan and I were at Cricket Australia on our professional development plan, there was a line item on networking and expanding our network within sport and learning what other codes and organizations are up to but there was no natural way to go and meet these people it was very much up to us to find someone on linkedin reach out to them and try and connect um so to hear that you've got that out of it is exactly what we, yeah. we would have hoped for so that's really good to hear not to mention the uh, the wonderful catering uh, from the good people at mm. it's brilliant um, mm. sort of a few confused looks when the um Charcoal and crusted mac and cheese. Yeah. A few people thinking it was a brownie before they bit into it. Yeah. yeah. I looked at it and I was like, that's got to be a brownie. <laughs> there was another one, the kingfish was a little unusual. Like, it looked, it, some people weren't sure what it was. And I had it, I was like, that is unbelievable. But yeah, they were like, well, what is it before I eat it? It was very fancy. <laughs> I think so. the mushroom pies as well. They were yeah. Mm. They, were, they were a doozy as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doozy. <laughs> Awesome. Well, guys, before we wrap up, um, Jack, I wanted to highlight you before we finish because um, you've been around the sports grad traps for for a while now. And for those who don't know, you and I met when we were playing cricket at Canterbury Cricket Club, probably close to a decade ago now. And um, I just want to read out something that you sent me on the 13th of November, 2019. Keep in mind that um, the sports grad podcast launched in June, July, 2020. So before all of this was even a thing, November, 2019, you reached out and said, Hey Ruben, I've recently graduated from my communications degree at Deakin university. Love what you're doing with sports grad at the time. It was just a shitty little YouTube channel. <laughs> Wasn't shitty, mate. <laughs> Congratulations on your role at Cricket Australia. It's definitely a dream organisation for myself as well. Cool that you're working in cricket now. I was wondering if you would know of anyone at CA that would be up for spending a few minutes of their time to have a chat with a passionate sports media graduate like myself. I know it's a busy time of year for everyone, but would greatly appreciate anything, mate. Cheers, Jack. Now, a role came up at Cricket Australia shortly after that and you chatted with a few different people in, in media and in the coaching department and thank God you didn't get that job because it meant that when sports grad started in the middle of the next year, you were able to spend the next seven or eight months with us as a content intern and you absolutely smashed that. <laughs> people might not remember, but um, you edited the first 70 odd episodes of this podcast and then featured in episode 73 where we asked you about your first week on the job as the marketing communications coordinator in your first full-time job at Rugby Victoria. Later in 2021, so that's probably what started 2021, you're doing this interview about Rugby Victoria. Later that year, job comes up at the T20 World Cup for a digital marketing coordinator, which you absolutely smashed the interview on and the application process for. Fast forward a year from that, you're then standing on the podium in the middle of the MCG with streamers going everywhere, all over the ground. England's just won a magnificent World Cup final. And I guess what I'm trying to say is 
good job. <laughs> like, <laughs> like for, yeah, from the for like the high school student that I saw playing cricket to like the uni graduate who just randomly reached out to the professional who's now standing on stage in the middle of the MCG with eighty thousand people around. Um, to see where you've taken your career is incredible and it's a great inspiration for other people looking to make inroads in their own career. But I, um, yeah, I hope you have a feeling very proud about how far you've come, but I just wanted to share that journey that you've been on that you might not have realized yourself. Yeah. Thanks for that, mate. It's, it's funny how things work out. I'm sort of in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad I didn't get that initial road trip to Australia, <laughs> but, um, it, it, it has sort of worked out worked out really well, and I, I feel like it is a journey that's really sort of aligned with um, the growth of the sports grad as well. Um, obviously, working with yourselves from, from, from the start at sports grad, um, from the creation of, of the community and membership to see where it is today and you know, however many hundred members and how, how many, you know, so many jobs being posted in there regularly, it's, it's just great to see. And I think, um, like, we know, you know, sport, sport is all about people and relationships, so... I think building them um, through through all the meetups over the years and, and seeing how far it's come now, it's just, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's been it's been awesome to see and, and it's played a huge role in my development and, and my career. Um, and I think just yeah, with, with obviously the role at the moment, I, I think it, you know certainly a learning is you know prioritise sort of the organi- organisation and in team o- over the role. Um, as you mentioned, I was a communications graduate, never worked in marketing before, but. I'd always wanted to be involved with, with the T20 World Cup and, and when that, that role sort of opened up, um, I knew I'd be working with, you know, an incredible team, really talented and experienced team and um, and from there, you know, opportunities just grow. So, you know, I've had um, some great experience to all facets of, of marketing now and um, it's really given me a great platform to sort of build, build on my career. So, I think, you know, for anyone out there, it's, we've got a sort of a decade of... Um, golden sport opportunities in Australia. We've got, obviously, you know, the, the Rugby World Cup, FIFA Women's World Cup, <coughs> Games, Olympics, another T20 World Cup. So I couldn't highly re- recommend jumping into into the events industry because there's, there's nothing else like it. Um, you know, everyone working towards that same goal um, in within that same timeline. And um, it's just incredible working within such a, a close uh, and small team you can really see the results of, of your hard work and, and effort so um yeah couldn't highly re- recommend um jumping into some, some major major global events what's uh what's one thing you learned from h working with him in the last year were, were you a sponge <laughs> was oh, absolutely <laughs> it was, was two way street uh, yeah for, for sure h is um yeah unbelievable what he does um a great sort of a great sort of leader in the team. Um, I've learnt, learnt so much from H, as I mentioned. Um, jumping into into marketing, I've never sort of worked in that in that role before. But um, yeah, I've, I've learnt so much from the team. It's such a it's such a supportive um, and talented team, and we really sort of drive ourselves to get the best out of out of each other. So um, yeah, it's certainly been you know, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. Nice. Yeah, did I? You're a leader, H. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, cheers, Jill. I, um, yeah, no, I, I reckon uh, this would be probably my favourite job I've worked, just in terms of how much I've gotten out of it, how much I've enjoyed. Um, it's, uh, and again, you know, it kind of harks back to exactly why you guys do this, but there's no better industry to work in than kind of working in sport. So, um, 
yeah, it's it's been unreal. Um, yeah, no, great. Um, <laughs> don't really have anything more to add. But <laughs> no, just uh, echoing JL's words about uh, Jack's words about um, working in events or, or sport over over the next um, number of years, and you know, of course uh, the Olympics in um, in ten years' time. Um, yeah, it's yeah golden golden decade of sport. I think. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, both thank you for coming in. Thank you. Um, you know, it might be a little bit tight, which is always good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think just listening to you guys talk about your roles at this World Cup, like it's super clear that you just loved it and you're, you're passionate about it. And um, I definitely recommend anyone listening who's keen in this space to just take a look at what these two have done. Like it, it's just you're obviously super passionate, which is what everybody wants in their job. Um, so take a leaf out of your book, um, find something that you absolutely love and some of your insights has been really good today as well. So thank you very much for coming in. Um, and finally, guys, this is our last guest episode of 2022, which is uh, absolutely enormous. But we are wrapping up a little bit early this year to focus a little bit more on the membership and our online community um, and just to put a bit more time into that so we can end the year um, on a real high. So we'll do one more episode before Christmas just to do a little bit of an end of year wrap, which will be a bit of fun, uh, a bit of a reflection of the year. Um, I don't know how it's the end of year. I, I really mm. don't. Um, but, yeah, this is the last industry interview of the year. But don't worry. We'll be back in 2023, bigger and better. There'll be a few tweaks to some things, some exciting things on the horizon some awesome guests coming up. Um, it's going to be great. So we'll see you next year um, after the end of year episode. Um, but in the meantime, and I, as I always do, I'll throw to Rose, what are some episodes that people can listen to in the meantime? Well, I reckon um, if you want to hear Jack's first episode. Which well, I, I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know he's been on here before. Ooh. Yeah. If you go back to episode 73, you can listen to a very fresh Voiced, I was going to say fresh and faced, but you can't see him when you listen to it. He got a bit more sleep the night before that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, very fresh Jack Lloyd when we interviewed him literally at the end of his first week at Rugby Victoria. So that's episode 73. Uh, if you want to know what it's like getting your first job, then go listen to Jack. Or if you're just starting your first job, want to hear about how he approached that and was able to level that up to the T20 World Cup, then go listen to Jack. Um, but if you're keen on some more tournament time jobs, go back and listen to episode 138 with Hayam Katrib. Hayam is the head of workforce at the FIFA Women's World Cup. She controls all the staffing plan for for the fifa women's world cup so she sees just she's oversees just about every single job so she's the person uh, that you want to know <laughs> um but she has also got an extensive event experience she has worked at i think seven or eight different olympic games um going way back to sydney 2000 so if you want to hear about tournament time jobs and events and all that then go and listen to Hiam. she's episode 138 uh so yeah go enjoy those brilliant you are the directory you've done well this year <laughs> thank you we've brought that in i've put you on the spot I don't know how many times now. <laughs> You've done well. Not many mistakes. Uh, awesome. We'll wrap it up there. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Plus, be sure to jump into the SportsGrade community. We would love to chat with you inside there. So head to our website at 
sportsgrad.com.au slash community to join or head to the link in our show notes. Also, if you love the show and you love these two gentlemen, we'd love for you to rate the show five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe on Apple or follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.